Hello listeners, this is the beginning of the podcast, so you're probably expecting to hear that nice intro music we always play. However, this episode was recorded during the post-Passover period of Sphira, during which many religious Jews adopt strictures of mourning and do not listen to music. So, you've just got me. Thank you for listening, and our normal introduction will return in the middle of May after Lagba Omer. Also, if you're counting, don't forget to count Sphira tonight! Hello, and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the geeky, nerdy, wonderful, amazing things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, S.M. Rosenberg. Hello. And Tamar Herman. Hi. So, how's it going, guys? We are, it's getting warm outside. Got cold again. Yeah, it was so hot over the weekend. It was just, it it was awful. It was gross. (laughs) Okay, so for me, it's the opposite. I, I love it when it's warm. Um, even though no, I wasn't but it was in like shop, so but... hot. <laughs> good, that's good. You can read outside with a cold drink, and it's amazing. Yeah, I had I had Shabbos oh, lunch outside. <gasps> that's so nice. Oh my I goodness, spacho, and it was nice and refreshing. Ugh, goals. <laughs> well, we're gonna get started with our current obsessions. Tamar, do you want to start us off? Sure. So I did. Different discussion earlier today, and then in the last two hours, I was like trying to get into the Yomahats mood and listening to some Israeli music. And I found this duo called Amit and Joni. I'm, it's like Amit and Yonatan, but in English they do it as Amit and Joni. Uh, I think he's American. So they're they're a religious duo. I thought at first they were married or something or siblings, but they're not. She was on The Voice Israel, and I don't know how. He like if they met on that or I don't know how they met, but they do. Uh, I think they have some original music, but they do cover medleys of all these different Israeli artists, and they have like this these mashup of like nostalgic music. So that's one mashup, and they have like last year's hits mashup of so like a 2016. And I really really like them. And while uh, we were waiting to start, I like went on YouTube and was looking at their music videos, and I was getting to the voice page, and I found out that Amit is actually uh, partially deaf. So, so like the voice judges are like asking her like questions and she's like, sorry, I can't hear you. And it, and it's really weird. And so like, at first I thought it was going to be that she's from Ali Adumim. So she's probably not born in Israel and her Hebrew is not so great or something, but they were asking pretty basic questions. Like I could understand them. So I didn't think it was that hard, but it turned out that she was reading their lips. So she's this amazing, talented singer, but she does it and she can only hear half of what she's really listening to. Wow. That's amazing. But, so I was really excited. So I was watching them and like he's sitting there with his keeper and she's wearing her knee length skirts. And I think it's so cute and I think it's so nice. And then I got into this whole like question in my mind of like, why are there so few female singers in Israel with hit songs? Why are they always he like guys is because like a lot of guys don't listen to women singers. So there's half of the population that won't listen. Anyway, then I like went off on a whole tangent and started Googling. But yeah, I found out about Amit and Joni and I really like them. Awesome. That sounds really good. I'm going to have to look them up after Sphera. Um, and I hope you guys appreciated our new intro, our temporary intro for Sphera. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> being a music writer, I kind of take advantage of uh, being able to listen to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh... yeah, everybody does different things. I mean, my brother doesn't listen during the three weeks, but he listens during Sphera. So, like, everybody has different. SM, what is your current obsession? Okay, so my current obsession, well, it would have been Prison Break, but then after I caught up on Prison Break, I was looking through the Fox website, and then I saw MasterChef Junior, and I started watching MasterChef Junior, 
and oh my god, it is the best thing ever, and I want to watch all of it. Do you know how many seasons there are? Because I just need more. There are only like four episodes up for free on the Fox website, and I watched them all in one night. <laughs> it was great. It was so much fun. Like these kids and they're, they're like the oldest was maybe 11 or um I think the official like age bracket is ages 8 to 13 and like they are so tiny and they like they can barely they barely get their heads above the stovetop, you know? And like and they're cooking like professionals and they know what they're doing and they're they're not burning themselves and they're using knives and they're they're doing things correctly and it's just and they're so talented and it's the judges are well one of the judges is Gordon Ramsay and like you know so I, I was I was, you know, hesitant at first because, like, I don't want to watch children getting abused on TV because, like, that's not fun. Um, but it was, like, he's really encouraging. Like, sometimes he gets harsh, but it's, like, it's clearly for effect, you know? And then, like, as soon as, you know, the kid, you know, says, well, what can I do to fix it? You know, then he's, like, he's all over it and he's really encouraging and he's really helpful. And um, and I just feel like all the kids must walk away from the show feeling so affirmed and, like, so, you know, believed in uh, because they're just, you know, they just always are so reassuring to the kids of, like, you know, like, I'm just, you know, I'm disappointed because you really can cook, and we've seen what you've done in, on occasions in the past, and, you know, I was really hoping that this would be better than it is, but, you know, but we're we're really glad that you, uh, that you tried this, you know, or whatever, you know, and, like, they're just, they're just, ah, so good, and, like, I love watching cooking shows in general competitions because you get to see how people under, like, tons and tons of pressure, um, you know, and, like, often things go wrong, um, and, you know, and they don't get, it doesn't go according to plan, but they always end up with something that's edible, so it's, like, I find it inspiring to me, and it encourages me to cook, because it, like, it makes me feel like, you know, hey, it's really hard to end up with something completely inedible, so I might as well try, because it might end up being really good, and... Yeah, so I I really like that. Now I, I finished MasterChef Junior and I'm watching uh, the Great British Baking Show, but we already Yay! did that in a previous episode. So <laughs> I was about I'm to say like the way you're talking, like that they're being really motivational and like even if things go wrong, they still are like, oh, you're such a good baker. So that sounds like the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so much smaller and cuter. Sometimes there are small people. There was this one girl one season of Great British Bake Off taking her like A levels, which are like her equivalent of the SATs, and it was so cute. Oh, was that Martha? I think that's the season that I was watching. Yeah, I was rooting for her, but she just got eliminated. I'm sorry. Yeah, she gets eliminated. Sorry, spoiler. Uh, Yeah, no, I thought. I really like the line. She's like, being in the tent baking is harder than like taking my test that's going to determine my life. Uh, yeah, no, I, I had a student once who was really, really cute, and he was, like, determined to be on MasterChef Junior. I don't know if he ever Aww. made it, but, oh, man, he was so cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get my cooking shows, like, online. I just follow a lot of a lot of cooks and bakers, and they're almost all British, so that's how I, that's how I learn how to do stuff. 
and then I can't find half the ingredients that they are talking about because they do not exist over here. But yeah, so my current obsession is a convention that I just got back from last night. Um, on Yeah, it was the last uh, weekend of April. I went to Ice and Fire Con in Pembroke, Virginia, which is far. <laughs> it was uh, supposed to be like an eight-hour drive, but it was really more like a 10-11 hour drive partly mostly because of traffic in New York of course but yeah I mean I'll probably go more into it when we do our how how to Jew at a convention um (laughs) episode because I'm sure we've been talking about that for a while and it is definitely on the docket so by the way if you have any tips tricks or questions on how to be orthodox at a convention send them to us at NiceJewishFangirls at gmail.com. I'm getting ahead or of myself. Or on Twitter. Or on Twitter. That's, <laughs> that's true. Anyway. Or on Facebook. You probably know where We're to find everywhere. us already for listening. But we'll we'll get to the information at the, end of, at the end of this episode. But, yeah, so it was really cool. It was the first time that I've been to a small convention. Because I've, I've gone to conventions and mostly in the capacity of covering them for Hypable. So I get a press pass. And they're big, huge things where, like, you know, you have to, like, fight to get on lines and you have to you know there's there's everything costs like a million dollars and you know it's just very stressful and you're far away from where the activities are and and the convention center and blah 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 and those kind of conventions are great like don't get me wrong i'm i'm very into big conventions uh but this was a very teeny tiny convention basically just for the song of ice and fire fandom and mostly that that has coalesced into a couple of different online communities so there were like maybe 80 or 100 people there maybe more a little bit but um very small um all in this kind of in in the mountains in virginia it's like literally at the top of a mountain it's it's crazy you drive above the cloud level and uh yeah no it was actually beautiful like if if you like i would totally recommend the place like it's a little old a little you know but very well kept and the people there were like so nice so like i um had called and asked about a refrigerator and they were like they weren't sure if they could get me one there was one in the room and then i opened it and it was full of mold and i was like oh this is wonderful and then i went downstairs and my natural instinct was like oh just like cover it with tissues and like don't say anything but then i went downstairs and told them and they like either cleaned it or gave me a new one but it was spotless when i went back up um and I had them microwave my little meals, and they were totally nice about it. Like, nobody gave me a second glance that I was bringing my cereal into the into the room for breakfast. And, you know, just, just very nice people. And the whole, the whole weekend was basically going to, um, you know, going to, to little panels. Like, there were basically two things going on at any one time, playing board games with people that I knew from the internet and meeting some new, some new people. Um, and yeah, it was the first time I'd also like done Shabbos at a convention because usually I like when I go to Comic-Con, I don't do Shabbos there. I, I like go to the Chabad um, and just stay where I'm staying. Um, but I don't go to the convention. But because this was all in the same building and whatever, and there was like almost nothing was electronic. The keys were electronic. So my roommate had to help me out with that. But there were stairs, no elevator. It was like, it was basically a, an all but perfect setup. And um, yeah, so I did that. Um, the weather was beautiful and they had a, a tournament outside on the lawn. So I watched that. Um, lots and lots of just uber nerdy, deep dive, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, like, uh, like really deep 
um, I don't even know what I'm saying. Really intricate geek stuff, basically. And it was just cool because you got to do whatever. And people were cosplaying like crazy. Like, amazing. I, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll link to a couple of pictures if I can. Um, I, did, I didn't take any pictures because most of it was on Chavez. But, um, I mean, people took pictures and it was just, like, incredible cosplay. And, um, yeah, I'm going on and on. But that was really, really fun. And I'm kind of on a high from it. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go next year, though, because they're changing the location. And it's going to be in, like, this, this, like, state park in Ohio. And I'm like, that might be a little farther than my, my reach extends. Um, but we will see. There's plenty of time. Uh, so yeah, that is my, that is my current obsession. And it probably will be for a little while. (laughs) While I come down off the high from this convention. Cause do you guys like, have you ever done, I mean, aside from like uh, Orthodox Ladies United and fandom, like, do you meet people that you've known exclusively online? Um, for like a long time, like you've known people for several years and then you just meet online and um, you meet in person for the first time. I meet a lot of writers I know online or photographers or just anything um, related to, I don't know how to explain it in English, like the K-pop media scene. So like one of my best friends is actually like a writer I met while I was in Korea. She was here in the US and I started <sighs> writing for the same blog as her. And uh, since then we've We've met like several times. She stays in my apartment every year. When she comes to New York, I stay at her house. She has a really cute puppy, and uh, so that's great. Like I consider her probably my best friend. Like I talk to her more than most people throughout my day, and and like we're either skyping or sending each other like voice messages or texts or like, where are you? I need you to like read and edit my article. I think I asked Michal to edit one of my articles, and it was literally because. <laughs> Uh, my friend just like went MIA and was d- gone for like five hours, and it turned out that she had like crossed the border into Tijuana from San Diego, where she lives, and she had left her phone in her mother's car, and it's just like this and that and whatever. And we're always like, I don't know, I just love it so much that we meet people. I've met other people, but she's probably like my most important. But like, I go to concerts, and most of those people I've met through online or met through like my friends who from online who they and they met them online. I don't know, just like a lot of K-pop fans meet online. It's a very socially uh, active fandom. Yeah, and it's it's such a weird, like, it's really fun, but it's also, like, uh, you know, I, I saw a funny thing that was like, um, like a little meme that was, you know, I, I mean, I drove up to the convention with a, a guy that I'd met through this podcast and through the forum and whatever, um, and we'd met very, very briefly once a couple years ago, um, but like, you know, it used to be, like, you never, ever share personal information with people online, and, like, that's just, you know, the worst thing you can do. It's incredibly dangerous. And now it's, like, no, you just you just build, like, friendships with people, and, and then you, like, meet them in real life, and they're, you know, usually more or less the same. And it's, it's yeah, it's a really fun experience. SM, have you ever met any people that you have only met online? Well, definitely in, you know, in my personal life I meet people all the time that I've met online and like I've I've been friends with a lot of people that I you know like are just in my internet social circles you know before I actually met them in person I just I, I met them online I met a few people over the past weekend that um that I had only met online before and yeah and it's just like it's an acceptable method of meeting people now and like um my mom you know 
my mom still doesn't have a Facebook, and you know, my my parents are pretty much still in the very, you know, um, privacy oriented uh, past generation where you don't talk about things online. But um, I think we're slowly, you know, bringing them around to the fact that like everybody's online and not everybody is psycho, so it's okay. Yeah. Exactly. And like, you know, it's funny because you don't usually meet people, at least in my experience, I'm just, I realize I'm generalizing, but I am just talking about myself. Like, I don't meet somebody online that I haven't known for like at least a year, you know, and probably quite a bit more than that and interacted with them in more than one medium. So like, we chat on Skype and we do podcasts together and we're Facebook friends and like all of all of this stuff kind of like coalesces into, you know, a real friendship. And it's... um yeah, I don't know. It's it's sometimes hard to mentally quantify for me because it is slightly weird. You know, it's definitely different from the paradigm of friendship that that we're used to, that I'm used to anyway. But you know, I I, I enjoy it a lot. I think it's it's really good. I like it. <laughs> uh, do you guys find that like your idea of the person matches up with their personality online? Sometimes, a, a lot of the time, yes. Sometimes, no, because I've actually found that people who and this is not at all like a bad thing or a negative thing or anything, but like um, sometimes people who are drawn to, um, you know, podcasting or like online communities do so because they are somewhat awkward in person, you know. So there are actually people I've met who have been more awkward than I anticipated, not not like in a horrible way or anything, but just a little bit, you know. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like, yeah, people are pretty much what I expect. Sometimes it's weird, like, if you don't know what someone looks like, it's really weird to hear their voice coming out of their mouth, you know, because, <laughs> like, you're so familiar with their voice and their speech patterns, and, like, at this weekend a couple of times, I had my head whipped around, and I was like, I'm listening to this person on a podcast, but they're right there, and they're not talking about anything podcasty. <laughs> they're just, like, ordering dinner or something, and, uh, yeah. I've had times, um, in terms of, uh, meeting people, that I've been pleasantly surprised because I think the internet, you know, frees people up to, you know, put on personas and sometimes people select personas that are just really jerky and like you, you know, I don't know why people do it. I guess, you know, they think it's funny or, you know, it just gives them a sense of freedom um, to, you know, have a personality that's different than what they actually are. But in person, I've met people who are just so much nicer and more pleasant to be around than they are online <laughs> online they can be like such toxic people but in person like sometimes they're like really nice and yeah I don't know for the most part I you know try you know I try to make an effort to make my online persona and my in-person persona as congruent as possible and in general I try to make it you know whether it's public or private I try to be consistent um, so that people know what to expect and um, I don't really have any interest in putting on other faces but um, yeah for some reason that's you know how some people use the internet and so it can be um, it can be eye-opening to meet them in person yeah and you know usually not in a in a bad way or even if it is different from what you expect like you you get to know them as a real person you know so like yeah. There's yeah, there's always going to be like a little bit of adjustment, but anyway, moving on. Uh today's topic is going to be Wonder Woman. 
hopes and fears. Yikes. This is... <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, we, we decided on this topic because Wonder Woman is coming out um, at the beginning of next month, June 2nd, actually. Uh, and we should, like, buy our tickets and go see it together. We should absolutely do that. Um, yeah. But we, uh, we noticed um, there have been some articles coming out about Wonder Woman and kind of the lack of extreme promotion that that has been going on and i think it's a really interesting topic and it just kind of got us or got me anyway thinking you know that that like what what are we looking forward to for this movie what are our hopes what are we scared might happen you know because it is you know sadly the first female superhero movies since like uh, Electra, Catwoman, oh. one of those. And so it, it, it's a big deal. And, you know, I mean, I've said before, like, I'm totally a Marvel girl, but like, I am definitely really looking forward to this movie. And um, yeah, I don't know. We will, we'll, we'll see. Um, SM, do you want to go first? Why don't you, why don't you tell us some of your, uh, your hopes for the movie? Okay. Well, I am hoping that it will have a good coherent storyline that won't feel like a drag and a melodramatic mess. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that it will be, you know, a good, fun, decent movie, unlike most of the other stuff that DC tends to put out. And I hope it won't be all too dark and gritty and, you know, all of, you know, what they seem to be trying to go for in a lot of their movies. Um, because, you know, it's comic books and I like my comic books to be fun and I would like to have a fun movie and, um, yeah, I mean, like, Marvel always tries to be fun and sometimes, you know, for me that doesn't always work either, but, um, maybe, you know, they could at least try for some of that, even if they don't go all the way. Um, it looked like they were doing a good job in the previews. Um, I only saw the preview once because I try not to, you know, watch too much footage of of any movie that I'm going to be watching because I like to, you know, have a lot, you know, a lot left to surprise me. So I only watched the trailer like once when it came out. Uh, but it looked like it was, it looked like it was the the uh, the standard of. You know, she's my assistant and positioning her in a place to be underestimated. And then you get to watch her kick everybody's butts. So that looks like fun. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea what the actual story is going to be. Uh, and yeah, I just I hope it's a good one. And I hope that, you know, having a female director and um, making it an emphasis on the fact that this is the first female tentpole superhero movie that's come out in years um i hope that they you know do it justice no pun intended um i was but, just gonna say yeah i hope they do it justice <laughs> league <laughs> god sorry <laughs> i'll leave <laughs> i'm really punny and i even i cringed at that one <laughs> So, yeah, so those those are my hopes. I'm not going to get into the butt side of things cuz we'll get back around to that, I assume. Yeah. Uh so Tamar, what are what are your hopes and expectations or positive expectations, I guess, for the movie? <laughs> Do you uh, have any? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just want a, a good story. I want to really like see Diana's 
like I don't know. I want to see Diana kick ass, of course. I want to see Diana just dominate. I I have seen some of the trailers and the most recent like short trailer that was I think thirty seconds on Twitter kind of frustrated me because you saw more of Chris Pine than you did Gal Gadot. So I'm really nervous, but I really hope that that's not what it is. And they're just like, here's a cute guy. Everybody see the trailer and see the movie. And the movie will be even more kick-ass and more feminine. Um, so that's what I'm hoping right now. I just really want a good origin story. And I haven't seen any of the DC uh, movies except for the first Superman. And I shut it off halfway through. So I'm really not expecting a whole lot out of it. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I also, you know, I think I've said before, I have not seen any of the other movies either. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm hoping for a, for a movie that is female-centric, you know? Like, I get that Chris Pine is going to be there and, and whatever, but like, I, I'm hoping that the action of the story and the focus of the story is Diana and her... Um, her growth and her challenges, you know, and, and not, um, not his, you know, no offense, Chris Pine, but like, <laughs> you know, you had Star Trek, so whatever. Yes. <laughs> and he was in the Princess yeah, Diaries, too. I hope she's too. not going to be used, yeah. I he hope was she's in the Princess Diaries? school for his personal growth, you know? Hang on, back no. up. Princess Diaries? <laughs> he was in Princess Diaries, too. He's the guy. Oh, yeah, my God. Side <laughs> Yeah. With her great closet. That Sorry. is hilarious. Um, <laughs> what is him? Yeah, I was just saying that I just I hope that, you know, she's not going to be used as a tool for his personal growth, you know? Um, and... Yeah, I am kind of wondering why he's there. Like, well, so he's the reason... I don't want to say anything because someone doesn't want spoilers, but there's a there's a reason. Okay, there. yeah, like, no, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I just couldn't. I don't. I didn't think in the earlier trailers that he would have a really big presence, and then the latest one kind of worried me. Like I'm hoping it's a pretty even story. Like we get her origin for a good, you know, I don't need a third, but maybe a fourth of the movie without her men. being with men. Yeah, because I mean that's who she is. And then going, but like I don't need the whole movie to be just Amazons. But I don't want the movie <laughs> to be Diana's with a man. Diana's with a man. I don't. I don't care about that. I want to see Diana become Di- like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, I mean, but I I don't have a problem with you know because I like Chris Pine and I think that you know that having someone to play off and I think that he has you know he has good comic timing so that you yeah. know they could have a good dynamic and that would you know make her a more enjoyable character to watch. Um, but yeah, I hope that there is at least equal emphasis, you know, on her, on her story and her growth as whatever there is for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I hope that, you know, we get to a place where she, um, or where he services her story basically, and not the other way around. Um, you know, whatever, whatever that's going to mean. But, um, yeah, so, so, a lot of the concern around Wonder Woman, at least, uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective here and that I wasn't that um, that aware of it. I was just kind of like, you know, like vaguely interested and in looking forward to the movie, but not really paying attention to a lot of what was going on. Um, and then around, I don't know, like a week ago, a week and a half ago, a couple of outlets um, 
including um hang on one second let me look at this up. there was that there was blaster one. story there was the uprock story. yeah no, so there was Mary one main one covering it the... so my friend shauna actually wrote the blaster story um so i want to girl diva yeah she is yeah okay that was like the main one that launched the whole thing yeah and she um well we'll I link to it in the up. show notes um yeah. but like the the you know the the question was basically like you know there's a major studio movie superhero movie coming out in like a little more than a month at that point so where is our inundate like why are we not being pulverized with wonder woman and as we have been with you know batman versus superman i think you know i don't i don't really watch a lot of live tv so i hadn't really noticed like the lack of commercials but now that i think about it like yeah you usually expect like a little a little box in the corner of your screen to always be playing something for like the latest movie like that or you know like just to see tie-ins kind of everywhere um and that's not there there is stuff i don't want to say that there's nothing by any means but there's not that much for wonder woman um so that kind of i think sparked or 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 uh catalyzed a lot of people's maybe latent concerns for the film so did you guys have any any thoughts on that yeah, the Uprock story, I thought it went into more detail. Yeah, by Donna um, and it, like, it con- Yeah, it contrasted um, how they marketed um, su- uh, Suicide Squad as compared to how they're marketing Wonder Woman. And, like, they showed the... They went to their the, the two channels on YouTube and to show how many different TV spots and featurettes and all sorts of things that there were in promotion for Suicide Squad. And it goes you know, it goes all the way down the page and then it goes to the the Wonder Woman channel is they put it, you know, right next to it. So you can see that there's like five things on the channel, you know, and like, that's it. That's all of all the, the footage and material that they've put out so far. And like, maybe they're going to put out more, but like at this point, they also pointed out that they're advertising. There are already like seven videos on the channel for the next justice league movie. Um, all these you know featurettes promoting that and it's not coming out for a year so like what gives that (laughs) seemed really suspicious to me because i could see like suicide squad being like a different type of dc movie so maybe they wanted to make and it's got a ton of characters so maybe they wanted to make sure that everybody really knew about that um but yeah it doesn't make sense that there's more promotion for for Justice League, who everybody knows, everybody, like, you know, everybody knows about <laughs> Justice League, and people maybe maybe couldn't tell you that Aquaman and The Flash are going to be in it, but they can definitely tell you that Batman and Superman are going to be in it, and Wonder Woman. Um, and, you know, I, I, do, I do think that there is maybe something to the fact that, obviously, Wonder Woman is an extremely well-known property, but at the same time, I, I, I can't help but feel that, like, if this were a movie about a dude, like we would be hearing just a lot, a lot more about it. Yeah. And like what I found, you know, most puzzling was just that, um, I watch all the DC superhero shows on the CW. I know that you don't, but I watch them and there were no TV spots for wonder woman at all. You really? know, like last week, you what? know, I'm watching like, yeah, last week, like, I was watching, you know, the shows, and, like, there are no TV spots, and I'm like, this is your audience, why are you not targeting them? So, I'm, I'm, part of me is trying to be really optimistic and, like, 
oh, they're just trying to hope that word of mouth spreads thing, that it goes viral, and that people tell each other Maybe Wonder Woman. Maybe they're saving their money for the last minute blitz, but what? I also don't think it had a, a particularly sizable budget in comparison to Superman and Batman, even though why not? She's Wonder Woman and there's never been a Wonder Woman film, but whatever. But I do know I do know Gal Gadot has been doing quite a lot of promotion for it. I don't think right now she's doing much, but she was doing a like, she did a huge media blitz. She was on late night shows. I was just reading her uh, Marie Claire interview a few minutes ago. I know she's done Maxim, but that's only I only knew that because there that was in one of the articles saying that that's what you discover when you find when you Google. Wonder Woman, uh, like rather than some that. videos that were shared, you know, and they were shared. People are sharing them directly from her page, not from like yeah. the Wonder Woman page or it's anything. It's weird like, that she's promoting it more than the movie. I don't know. Maybe there's some politics, but I'm guessing, like you guys suggested, it's probably just there's a woman leading a movie, so we don't need to advertise with her. Which is why I was wondering if the newest teaser was more Chris Pine dominated because they were just ho- Hollywood studio guys or women don't know how to market it yeah but i don't understand how it's so hard to market it she's an american icon it's not like anybody is saying oh wonder woman yeah and like how hard yeah and like how hard is it to just put together a few clips of you know people getting beat up you know like it's not that's all tv spots are you know it's not so hard and she's sexy so it's not like guys are just gonna be like i'm not gonna see this because i'm girls it's not so hard to market this (laughs) Yeah, so I that's mean, what I'm wondering if it, they just feel like they don't have to market it. it well, it, it really is kind of baffling. I, I don't think any studio is like, we don't have to market it because if well, so, just, Marvel like, would basically just push their movies out because everybody who's going to go see those movies is going to go see those movies. But I think, you know, it, it is a little baffling because they have so much like handed to them you know i mean people already are i think even people again obviously like i said i did not see batman versus superman um or superman superman begins returns dominates whatever (laughs) whatever the the henry cavill was no 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 the the first superman movie that like man of steel okay um that thing Yes. Um, and, you know, it, it, like, it's handed to them, like, they're familiar with her design in this new movie. They're familiar, you know, they might not be able to tell you Gal Gadot's name, but, like, if you showed them a picture, they, they'd probably be like, Wonder Woman. You know, it is it is baffling to me that they aren't taking advantage of that. And, and yes, definitely, you know, at this point, we're recording this on May 1st, so we are, there is certainly a possibility that they are, saving their juice for for you know a, a bigger push um toward the end but of the month of but late. it is kind of late it is kind of late and i mean in terms of like galgado's personal you know um promotion a lot of that is done by her people you know not necessarily the studio i mean i'm sure they work together but like it's her publicists who put her on like kimmel yeah. or whatever you know um and yeah, I, I don't know. It, it is kind of baffling. I did. I was kind of, um, you know, in a geek girl diva is is like huge into in Star Wars and and in that community. So I kind of got into a conversation with her and another um, Star Wars writer commentator, and he was like, "Well, I mean, he he wasn't saying that this this happened, but he was like, maybe the answer is that they are so male centric, basically, that they made it a Chris Pine movie." And just don't want to tip their hat and don't have enough material to 
to show off Wonder Woman, you know, beyond what they've already shown us, because it's I a Chris Pine movie. I like someone if that's the case. Like, that, that's just horrifying. That's, like, yeah. the worst answer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, but obviously, I he was he was not, like, saying that's a good thing. He was saying that that's a very bad thing. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just saying, like, if that's the answer, it's the worst answer. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Hollywood's, like, we've seen in the past few months, mo- sorry, we've seen in the past few months that every time Hollywood blame something they blame diversity like oh people don't want to see diverse heroes right people don't want to read miss marvel anymore or whatever yeah and it's just like this doesn't make any sense whatsoever because people are literally clamoring for more diversity yeah and i mean this week like this week at the box office um emma watson's the circle movie which i don't know if you guys saw any I heard it was terrible, that. but yeah. I don't know anything about it. It didn't look good, and it wasn't good. <laughs> and she's in another movie. Yeah, I know she's in another movie. Um, and uh, John Boyega. That's the one is in that, that they movie. were promoting. All the all the all the you know TV spots during the DC shows, they were all for the Circle and nothing for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, so maybe DC not... just doesn't have enough money post uh, Suicide Squad failure to pay for Wonder Woman ads. Yeah. But Suicide Squad made tons of money. Oh, it? it made tons of money the first weekend, and then it kind of nosedived. And so, nobody no, I think it. it yeah. I, I think that was Batman versus Superman that that went through the nosedive. Oh no, it did. But I, I think surprisingly, yeah, it I, made I, like five hundred million overall. Like it, it made a serious, ridiculous amount of money. Right. Okay. So the two. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I know they do make a lot of money. You know, I, I don't think that. I don't think that there's a question, you know, they're not in bomb territory, like objective bomb territory. It's more as a, like, subjective compared to, like, what they expected or how, how the, um, you know, the reviews will impact, you know, the way people see the movie. But, like, just in terms of diversity, I saw someone talking about this today, and I'm on on Rotten Tomatoes now, and it is totally true. Um, This weekend at the box office, The Circle made $9.4 million, um... A movie from India called Bahalubali 2, The Conclusion, made $10.2 million. And How to Be a Latin Lover made $12.1 million. And then The Fate of the Furious is leading the box office. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, like, come on. People want to see diversity. People want to see women. Like, I, you know, the, the, the problem is, you know... I think I think what my worries for Wonder Woman would boil down to is is studio cold feet and studios going back to or Warner Brothers going back to what they like the like their their tried and true formulas of like their comfort zone. Right, we got to have a white male hero with a strong jaw, you know, and like and that's it as a, and you know whereas, you know, most people want to see like or, you know, and not that people don't want to see white male, male heroes with a strong jaw. Don't get me wrong. That's always nice. But, like... But, like, we like, you know, things that we haven't seen. Yeah, exactly. A variety. Before, you know? I mean... It's not, it's not that hard to understand why people, you know, might want something different. Yeah. I once in a while. understand it because it's not like Wonder Woman is a new concept. Right. Like, she's literally been around almost as long as icons like Captain America. Like, she's not new. <laughs> So why are they suddenly... And she's not a Nazi in the comics! Hey! (laughs) That's pathetic that that's, like, what our goal is for uh, fictional superheroes nowadays. But, 
But I don't understand what's the point of them not advertising her. So in my mind, the only thing I could come up with is either it's not really a movie about her, which I agree with your friend's idea. They're guessing that word of mouth will spread it. Or that they're just really just like, ah, oh, this isn't going to sell, so let's get away from it as quickly as possible. But I have a feeling it's going to be a major success, unless it's really crappy, and then we'll all complain about it. Ugh, I will be really... Ugh. Ugh. It's so it's so frustrating to me to imagine that this is not a good movie, because if it's not, and it certainly might not be, like, that is... Like, this is what it's like being, you know, a woman or a minority. Like, if your movie is bad and doesn't do well, the one that represents you, you're screwed. <laughs> like It'll take another yeah, 10 years. Yeah, it's just going to be, yeah, at least 10 years before we get another female superhero movie. And yeah. nobody's going to be like, well, maybe, you know, it had to do with a million other things. It's just, you know, like, Zack Snyder is apparently the executive producer and, like, all of his movies have been bad. <laughs> so, like, maybe, maybe you should have somebody else doing stuff. Um, yeah. But no, it's just gonna fall on, yeah, if, if Wonder Woman flops, it'll be blamed on the fact that she's a female superhero. Like that's I don't even a- want to have that word flop in the sentence with Wonder Woman because I love Gal Gadot so much. We're not going to let it flop. We are all going, everybody's going to... We're going to go, and if we don't like the movie, we'll buy tickets a second time and just not see it. Yes. I'm not spending that money again. I'm not. <laughs> hey, I no. have a cheap theater. I can go for $5. So. <laughs> anyway, I know that we are sounding a little bit Debbie Downer about Wonder Woman, um, but... But I'm still really excited that she has an Israeli accent. Yes, exactly. We it's the the problem, well, not the problem. The reason I think why um is ob- I mean there's there's a couple of different factors, but you know, because this movie does mean a lot to us, you know, and and will mean it has a lot. so much potential. Exactly to a lot of women and I mean, you know, it's got a female director like it's Oh, it's, so this was this is interesting. I was like I said, I read the. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Michal. The Marie Claire article said essentially you you could see very few men on the set of the actual film because they had because it was so female oriented. They decided to mostly staff it with women. So rather than having lighting technicians who are all men or or crew who are all men moving around things, they had a lot of women. So I'm I I don't think it said that it was only women, but like they were pointing out like this person was a woman and that's not usually a female role. Like, this one's a woman and that's not usually a female role. And it was really interesting. So yeah, like, there's, there's so a, much there's resting a... on it. Yeah. Yeah. There really well, and, is. And like, you know, and like with MasterChef Junior, you know, and like Gordon Ramsay, you know, like we're only hard on it because we know it has the potential to be great. Right. Yes. Very, very true. Very true. Um, I'm most curious, actually, and I'm sure this information is out there, but I'm I'm curious who is editing it or who edited it. Past tense, because I, hope I feel it's like not Zack Snyder. I know because that can really make or break a movie. And I mean, you know, if it's you know if it's a female centric movie, and then like just some dudes Dude. with retro. No, I won't say dude because there are a lot of guys with very progressive views and very creative, you know, editing skills yeah but if somebody Um, who you know has a different idea of where the film's emphasis should be edits the movie um they can put a lot more emphasis on chris pine or other you know male characters in the movie and less on wonder woman just by the editing 
it kind of bothers me that nowadays the director's role kind of stops after the filming's done and then they often have a different editor. And I'm just like, if you're the director, why aren't you directing how the movie's cut? But I guess... Well, sometimes the director and the editor work pretty close together. Like, they, they're they like, more. it's more of a collaborative thing. Sometimes. Not necessarily all the time. I hope it's in this case. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's a progressive female editor. We don't know. Yeah. Or a progressive otherwise not female editor. Right, but exactly. Yeah. Also. Someone yeah. who doesn't ruin it. Right. <laughs> Just don't ruin the movie. Like that I mean, the thing written, that gets played before movie. AMC movies. Yeah. Like in AMC. Don't ruin job. the movie. Don't ruin the movie. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is pretty much it, right? Do you guys have anything else you want to say for... Wonder Woman coming out June 2nd, which you might not know because they haven't been advertising the movie very much. June 2nd, people. June 2nd. I honestly didn't realize how soon it was until this whole thing. I know. Which was Mm -hmm. the point of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, I know. I, I... The whole hullabaloo. I remember thinking, like, yeah, like, you're right. I did not know the exact date that the movie was coming out. And I, I don't know, like... You know, it's hard for me to to say that I know exactly the date that, you know, I I knew, for example, like what day The Avengers was coming out, because that was a really exciting movie for me. I'm not sure that I knew what day, uh, I don't know, even, you know, Avengers 2 was coming out, because at that point, like, I wasn't, I was excited for it, but I wasn't as excited. Um, So, you know, but, but yeah, no, I was really excited for, I am really excited for Wonder Woman and did not know when it was coming out so i feel like i usually i feel like i usually find out about a release date like in my head like it only starts clicking oh it's coming like two weeks before when i want to buy tickets or something yeah but this one i didn't even know it was coming out in the summer i thought it was coming out in november not gonna lie yeah i don't know why i had no idea it was coming out this soon yeah like because normally i would see tv spots you know and i would just have a general awareness of it and like there's just nothing yeah, like although I, I did hear that they are um, releasing, um, like, a clip or something during one of the CW shows. I'm not sure which one. Maybe it was The Flash? I don't know. Supergirl? Something? I don't know. I don't know. One of those. <laughs> but, yeah, so that is our discussion on Wonder Woman. Hopefully, hopefully we will be back uh, on, you know, a little after June 2nd and talk about how... All of our fears were for naught, and it was wonderful, and, like, even if we have some, you know, even if it's not perfect, it was overall a really good movie and a great step forward for women and female superheroes, and I'm definitely not, like, overly projecting here for sure. That's not happening. So, yeah, that's it for this episode of Nice Jewish Fangirls. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on the internet at InkAsRain on Twitter, and you can find my writing at Hypable.com. SM, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet um, on Facebook. I actually just started a uh, new professional page, SM Rosenberg, author, publicist, editor, and podcaster at large, um, because that's how my dad thanked me in the acknowledgments in his book. So um, I'm there. You can also follow my personal page. My public updates are there. And I'm also, um, I have an author page on Amazon 
Com, and I have Twitter at Floating Spirals, but I don't use it very much. <laughs> and Tamar, what about you? Uh, I can be followed on Twitter at Tamar Writes, and most of my writing is at Billboard.com. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at Jewish Fangirls. You can find us on Facebook at Nice Jewish Fangirls. You can email us at NiceJewishFangirls at gmail.com. You can also find us, of course, on Nice, um, nice Jewish Coffee House. I always want to say that on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. <laughs> jewishcoffeehouse.com and you can leave us a comment on there or on our SoundCloud page basically if you search for nice Jewish fangirls you will find us Um, yeah like I said email us Uh, if you have any comments any questions thank you to who emailed us what was his name Boris oh it was Boris Boris yes thank you so much Boris for your email and yeah we will definitely shout you out if you email us or interact with us on Twitter that kind of thing. Um, and finally, please... And leave us an iTunes review. Yes, please leave us iTunes reviews. It really, really, really helps uh, iTunes know that people are listening and um, just contributes to more people being able to find the show. So if you can leave us a rating and a review, even just a quick one, we would really, really appreciate it. And it would make us, you know, have have self-esteem for a couple of minutes in the day. <laughs> Wait, no, that's just And me. then we would plunge back down into darkness and worrying about Wonder Woman. Absolutely. But it would brighten those two minutes significantly. I just, I just retweeted a really funny tweet. Well, are we finished yet? I'll tell you after. <laughs> Do you want to say it on the podcast? Uh, it was like a funny tweet. Sorry, I didn't text you back. I've been ter- busy turning everything into an existential crisis. And I was just like... <laughs> This is entirely true. I do this all the time. Like, I'm just like, I'll respond to this email later today. And then a week later, I'm like, I didn't respond to it. And then I have an existential crisis because I realized I was having an existential crisis about responding. And then I procrastinated so much that I had to have an existential crisis about having procrastinated so much. Right. It happens happens quite a bit. I promise I will respond to emails just maybe (laughs) next week. Right, exactly. Just next week, yeah. But if you email nice, uh, nice at com, we get so few emails that we will definitely write you back, like, super fast. So, yeah, get on that train, everybody. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We will speak to you next time, and live long and prosper, everyone.